Hey everybody, Lichtige Hanukkah, Freilich Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah, you know, whatever you prefer. Um, I didn't want to know everybody's busy on, on the Hanukkah, so I didn't want to reach out and kind of make any pressure to come to a live share, but I did want to share um, uh, an idea that I heard from Rav David Orlovsky many years ago, uh, and I do try and say it over every single year, because I think it's very, very powerful. Um, so I definitely wanted to try and record a little bit of something so you guys can uh, hear this idea, and certainly early in Hanukkah, so you can think about it uh, and maybe share it with other people as the holiday progresses. Okay, so if you look, if you look at Alanisim, right, the tefillah that we say in, Shal- in Shemon Esrei and Benching, so we mentioned pretty much everything right, that happened uh, in Hanukkah, except for one thing. One, one thing that we don't mention in Alanisim is the dreidel. Why, why in the world? How could you leave out the dreidel right, in the story of Hanukkah, right? We all know where the, the dreidel comes from, right? The Greeks arrive in Eretz Yisrael, uh, you know, a hundred plus years before the Hanukkah story. Alexander the Great leaves them in, right? He has an, an encounter with, uh, now I'm blanking, is it Yochanan Kohen Gadol? Is it Shimon Atzadik? I forget already. What, the Kohen, he has an encounter with the Kohen Gadol, he's very impressed, and he gives the Jews autonomy, but, right, he does bring Greeks with him, and with that, he brings Greek philosophy, right? Greek stadiums, right? Greek, uh, Greek culture, right? That permeated uh, the Jewish people, and back then, you know, they were called Hellenists, that the Jews would be, slowly become uh, Greekified, if that makes sense, right? They turned into Hellenists, secular Jews. Nowadays, we, you know, they're secular Jews, or they're secular type, uh, you know, the people start absorbing right, the non-Jewish culture uh, that's around them. And as Desla points out in Mechthav Melio, uh, whenever the Jews become weak in their observance, so, unfo- unfortunately, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu pushes the issue. Right, and a hundred years later, as Jews are kind of just becoming Greek, uh, by and large, Kosh Baruch Hu sends Antiochus, right, and Antiochus shows up and forces them to keep the Greek way and abandon the Torah. So, you know, the, meaning that their their loyalty to the Torah is put to the test. Right, so the loyal Jews who do not want to become Greeks, who do not want to become Hellenists, right, so they run to the mountains, right, they hide in the caves, right, you're familiar with, right, when the Greeks... Send all their scouting parties, right? The Jews hide their svarim, right? They, and bring out the dreidels and make it look like you know they were all they were all gang, gambling, right? And obviously when they left, right? So they would take uh, their svarim uh, back out again. Now, these loyal Jews, right? Presumably did not do anything wrong. Right? What else were they supposed to do? Right? Again, these are presumably right the Jews who were keeping right, the Jewish faith. They're a bunch of yeshiva guys, a bunch of a bunch of from a yidden. Right? What are they going to do? Go to war against Greece? Right? That was like the world power at that time, right? Nobody stood up against that, right? Alexander the Great right? he conquered the entire world, right? He took out Darius and the Persians. It was the most highly trained military force the world had ever seen. Right? Think about it, again, just, just to, to use a modern comparison. If you would take the Mir and send them to war against the U.S. Marines, right, how would that go? Right? I, it wasn't, it, fighting wasn't even a Havamina. It wasn't even like on their radar. Again, same thing happened in the Holocaust, right? What are the Jews going to do against the Germans were a, a, a machine, a war machine, right? What were the Jews supposed to do? So what they were supposed to do and what they did do for a while is sit and wait and dive into Hashem and hope that Akash Baruch Hu moves the political situation, wait for the situation to change, etc. That's the best you can do, right? Anything else at that point, right, is insanity. So they sat there spinning their dreidels in their caves or whatever it is for three years. And they hid up and they waited and they hoped for Hashem, Davin for Hashem, for Antiochus to die, for a new leader, for the Persians to come back, for some rights for him to be at war, maybe the Greeks get distracted, etc. And they, and they waited. They waited for things to change. And for three years, the Beis HaMikdash was cold, abandoned, 
right, Tomei, right, not used by the Jewish people. And at the end of three years, right, they couldn't take it anymore. And they asked the following Shiloh. The Shiloh that had been asked by Hananiah Mishael Azariah years before, right, if you're familiar with the story, Nebuchadnezzar, right, king of Melech Baal, right, set up a big idol. Big, not really an idol, a big statue of himself. And it had said everybody had to bow down to it. It wasn't Avodah Zoramamish, because then everybody would have been have to give their lives up on Kiddush Hashem, but they were, they, 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 the Jews were instructed to bow down to it. And they asked, Chaim Mishav Azariah, they asked the Navi Yechezko, what should we do? Right, what do we do? Right, we can run and hide. Right, we can run and hide like everybody else right, who doesn't want to bow down. Right, or, right, they, we can die on Kiddush Hashem. Right, they asked Yechezko, are we allowed to stand there and show that we won't bow down knowing we'll be killed knowing that we will die al Kiddush Hashem, and show that Jews don't stand for this. That Jews, they, when they stand up, they get up, and they, they, they will not stand for them being pressured into bowing down to things that are not God. And Yechezkel told them, you're not obligated, but you are allowed. And sure enough, what happened, right? They stood there, and Nebuchadnezzar threw them into the fire. Right? And obviously, there was a, if you're familiar with the story, there was a, a miracle. They all survived, right? The fire turned cold. Right, and uh, they, were, they were fine in there, and they, they came out, and Nebuchadnezzar obviously was <laughs> obviously very impressed, and, and he treated them with a lot of kavod after that. Okay, fine. So the Chashmonayim, the, right, the Fermin Yidin, asked at that time, right, they asked the same question. The Jews asked, can we go out and fight the Greeks, knowing we will die al Kirish Hashem, right, and show the world that there are still Jews out there who are willing to die for Hashem and His Torah? And the answer was the same. Right? You're not obligated, but you were allowed. And that's what they decided. They decided to go and fight a war that they knew they had no chance in because they couldn't take it anymore. Right? They couldn't take the great disgrace to Hashem, the Chilol Hashem, right? the disgrace to Kosh Baruch Hu's name, that the Jews weren't willing to fight and stand up for their religion. Now again, think of it, this is a bunch of yeshiva guys. Right? They don't know which way to hold the, she- the spear, the shield, they have no idea. Right? They daven, they fast, and they go off to battle, confident that they will die al Kirish Hashem. But they win! <laughs> and the Chorah, they're so terribly disappointed. <laughs> right, they go to Yudu Magami and they say, hey, what happened? I thought we were all supposed to get killed. Obviously, they're going to try. Right? Obviously, they're not going to just sit there. It's not suicide. But Yudu Magami says, you know what? Let, we'll go find a bigger army tomorrow and we'll all get killed. Right? But it happens again. And they win again. And they win again. And they win again. Right? And even though Yudu apparently is the worst general in the world, right? he looks like they're going to win the war. Right? Again, it's, it's a nice it's a You have to understand. This is a huge, huge miracle of of the Milchama, right? The Jews, the Greeks worshipped the physical body, right? That's like, that's like what, that was their thing, right? Worship the physical body, right? The yeshiva guys, the Jews at that time did not worship the physical body, right? That's, when we eat sufganiyot, right? There's a kiyum, maybe tongue-in-cheek a little bit, there's a kiyum of not having these tremendous physical bodies like the Greeks. Okay, I don't know if that's exactly a shot. Okay, Beseder. is uh, really, just a, as a point, as an aside, the real point of Sufganiyot is twofold, right? Sufganiyot is, is something that's fried in oil, that was a miracle, and also you have something that's hidden inside of it. Right, Sufganiyot, the Iker came of Sufganiyot is not to have the frosting on top, it's to have the frosting inside. Rex, it's a hidden miracle, right? The hidden fr- Okay, fine, okay, fine. Anyway, so so again, the Kola guys come and, and, and they, they beat the Greeks. Right? They're not exactly the, the, the army that would be expected, right? They're 20-point underdog, to use a, a gambling football term, analogy. But they win a ton of battles, and they come to the base on Mikdash. Now, let's just take a step back for a second. The Gemara says in Shabbos, Daf, I want to say Chafal from the base, but I, I don't remember exactly. It's in that uh, in Gemara and Shabbos in the Hanukkah, so it is over there, that the Mitzvah of Hanukkah 
is Nehru Shabeso. Now, just to, again, even one more step back. Everybody knows right, how that nowadays we light a Hanukkah menorah. Right? Whether if you're Sephardim, there's one menorah in the house. If they're Ashkenazim, there's one menorah for each person. Okay, either way. There's a menorah, there's a, menorah, there's a Hanukkah, goes one to eight. Fantastic. That's not actually the basic mitzvah of Hanukkah candles. Right? Hanukkah candles, the Gemara says, is Ner Ish Ubeso. The, mitzvah of Hanukkah, the basic mitzvah of Hanukkah is one candle. Period. One candle every night. Doesn't matter how many people, doesn't matter what night it is, one candle. Mahadrin, right, a step above that, is that everyone in the house lights one candle. And then Mahadrin and Mahadrin, right, that's already, Mahogas, we don't want to get into that, but that's that's already the third level. That's the highest level, and that's what we do, right? That's what everybody does. We light Mahadrin and Mahadrin, candle one one through eight, depending on what, what night it is. Where else in Halacha do we find the concept of Mahadrin min Mahadrin, right, a third level? Right? We usually, we don't really have that. Doesn't exist. We usually there's the chachila b'diavet. Right? We have tummy and tahor, uh, mutter and aser. Right? We don't really have regular plain halacha mahadrin and mahadrin and mahadrin. Right? And, and and everybody does the third level. Right? Every every you haven't heard nobody here lights nobody no Jews that I know lights one candle each night of Hanukkah. Right? Even the dude in the barber shop with his electric, electric menorah lights lights mahadrin and mahadrin. I saw a video. Uh, what's his name? Dave Portnoy from Barstool lighting a Hanukkah menorah. Mahajim and Mahajim. Right? Everybody does Mahajim and Mahajim. So where do you see a concept like this? Okay, so just to give that little 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 background, now back to the story. The Beis HaMikdash is dirty. The Jews come to the Beis HaMikdash. It's Tomei, it's messed up. Right? That was part of the Greeks' plan. Right? They, they want to be Matame everything. So Yudah Makabe says, find me Tahar oil. But there was no Tahar oil. Right? That was the point. The Greeks were Matame everything. Right, the, the Bach says this was all on purpose. Okay, fine. So Yehuda says, find me Tahar oil. So so the yeshiva guys come back to him. They, we know the Sukkah. There's something called Tumah Hutchimitzibur. That if the entire Tzibur, the entire Gemara Zimsochim and elsewhere, and Yuma, that if the entire if the entire uh, nation is Tameh, or all of the items involved, all the animals or all the oil or all the flour for the Korban Mincha or whatever, if everything is Tameh, so it's Mutter if you're dealing with a mitzvah, that, that's the tzibur, right? That's the korban tamid or whatever, or the korban pesach, or, for example, in our case, the menorah. You didn't really need tahor oil. You could have lit the menorah fine with tamay oil. Right? They didn't need to find pure oil. But Yudah Maccabee says, no, find me t- pure, find me tahor oil. Finally, they find one kad shemen with the chosim of the kohen gadol. Right? They find one, right? There's a one tahor oil. They say, great, but there's only enough for one day. So Yudah Maccabee says, you know what? Pour it in. Pour it all in. So they say, what about tomorrow? So he says, pour it in. They say, you know, well, again, these guys know their stuff. Burning, having the menorah burn all night is just a hitter, just a, an amplification of the mitzvah. You don't really need to have it burn all night. So why don't we just put one eighth of the oil, right, and it'll be enough. Okay, because they knew that they weren't going to have more pure oil for eight days. Apparently, it was an eight-day process, whatever. So he said, fill it up. So they asked him, the shadow of the base Alevi. So they said, why don't we make thinner wicks? Right, so it won't burn as long. So he said, no, fill it up, put it in. Said you to put all of it. Says you to Maccabee, now you're being practical? What happened? Right, before, when we went out to fight a war, we were ready to die al Hashem. Right, we, we went the full way. We did everything 100%. We were ready to stand up for Kosh Baruch Hu's honor. But now, but now all of a sudden you have this this, this mitzvah, this detail that may not see, seem so uh, glorious, whatever, it's just a mitzvah of the base of Mitzvah. Now you're asking me what's going to be tomorrow. Now you're looking to cut corners. Right? Before you were ready to go in and prepare to die. But now you have a mitzvah. You have an internal vote of Hashem. 
you're, you're now you're being practical or you want to kiss it's not a, you don't you don't want to do the hither you want to do it 60 percent. you don't want to do it 100 percent. said we're doing it 100 percent. Right? we're pouring all the oil in we're leaving all the wicks and what happened was a miracle that happened that did not have to take place and it only took place because the stubbornness of Yudha Maccabee insisted that they do everything 100%. Says the Rev of Slobodka, you know why everybody lights Mahajim and Mahajim? Because Hanukkah is a holiday that never should have happened. It was based on the fact that the Jews went out to fight a battle they didn't have to fight. They got a victory that they never should have won. And they lit the menorah in the way they never should have. They didn't need to light with Tahar oil. They couldn't light with Tameh oil. And they received all these miracles because they were Mahajim and Mahajim, right? A hundred percent. They didn't do anything at, at, at 60%, 50%, 40%. So now when we light our menorah in our homes to commemorate the miracle, we're going to cut corners and just do the basic level. And there you should be. So we're only, only going to light one candle. No, everybody lights Mahajim and Mahajim. Hanukkah is the holiday of Mahajim and Mahajim, of the highest level, of 100%, of the fanatic of the intolerant, right, of those who would not sit back and just let a situation be. They said, we're going to fight against unbeatable odds because we know it's right, and if we get killed, we get killed. And if it burns out, it burns out. doesn't matter. Or we're still going to do it 100%. We're going to do it the best possible way. You know why we don't mention the dreidel in Alanisim? Because if they just kept spinning the dreidel, Hanukkah never would have happened. Right? If the Jews had stayed in the forest and in the caves and just waited, there never would have been a Hanukkah. Right? Hanukkah is the holiday of Mahajim and Mahajim. Hanukkah is the holiday of good enough is not enough. And this is where we come to us, to you know, to guys and girls who are they may be learning in yeshiva, maybe you just got back from yeshiva, maybe you just got back from seminary. You know, people very often are so careful, they're so medoctic in some areas of their lives. Right? You go to your pizza, the pizza store, there are a million selections, or there are a million toppings, right? Onion, tomato, mushroom, corn in Eretz Yisrael. Corn in Eretz Yisrael. You can have both. Right? Everybody needs to have exactly how their toppings are. I have a guy, I have a friend who, who loves his steak. If his steak is not perfect, he sends it back. Once, twice, three times, sends it back. has to be perfect. You go buy a suit, you go buy a dress. There are a million colors. How many shades of different colors are there? Right? You, ever, you ever know somebody who doesn't like a remodeling? You know that color thing that people carry, women usually carry around in their purse with like a million colors, like pieces of carpet and like Formica, like, like, like how many shades of pink there are. Do you ever go into a paper goods store? You see how many types and colors and shapes of paper goods they are? Rabo say there's nothing in this world more transient than paper goods. They're literally meant to be thrown away. But the cup has to match the spoon, has to match the plate, has to match the, everything has to be perfect. So when someone asks you, how was your steak? It was perfect. And how was your living room? It was perfect. How was that party you made? It was perfect. How's your life? It's okay. How's your marriage? Not bad. Right? How's your relationship with your kids? I don't see them all that much. Right? How's your relationship with the Kosh Baruch? Because in certain areas of our lives, we are unprepared to compromise, except very often in the most important things in our lives. But when it comes to the most important things in life, most of us are content to live a beauty evid existence. We're content to live the average life with an average marriage, and average kids, and an average relationship with the Kosh Baruch Hu. So at the end, they'll just put in our tombstones. Well, he was okay, right? The only thing that this guy cared about was his stick. 
Right. Ladies, you're going to go through, you know, if, you, if you're going through the Israel thing right now or the seminary thing or you just got back or you've been a year out, right? You're going you're gonna to do something crazy like, I don't know, Dav Mincha, right? And your friends who are maybe a couple more years removed from seminary, they're going to smile and they're going to say, yeah, I remember when we came back, we also thought we would be special, but we're not and neither will you be. And that's the challenge of Hanukkah, right? That's the challenge to throw down, right? Will you be special? Do you have the courage to be special, right? Again, everybody here is a special mission, right? That's why we all have different faces. We have different personalities. We have different challenges. We have different backgrounds, different upbringings. Everybody is special. And everybody has a mission to be Mekadoshim Shemayim in their special way, right? You know what the syndrome, syndrome to quote the Halega Incredibles, right? The bad guy in the Incredibles' name is Syndrome. What did he say? Right? If everybody is special, then nobody is. Well, that's not true. That's not Yiddishkeit, right? Everybody is special, unlike everyone else, right? Everybody has their own proper mission in life. And the question is, are you going to live the average life with the average existence and the average you know, everything? Or are you going to have the courage to live life the way that it was intended, for the reasons that Kosh Baruch put you on this, on this earth? Right? So how many people have the ability to say, I'm going to lead the best life I can lead? And how many people even think about it? How Think about what they want and go have the courage to accomplish it. Right? It's scary. I get it. Listen, I get it. It's scary. Most people don't do it. Most people take the safe life and they kind of go to the college they always seem to and they live in the neighborhood they always figured they would and send their kids to the schools they always thought they would, etc. But to live an exceptional life, to really, to really live mahajim and mahajim, right? that is... Uh, the challenge of Hanukkah. And, and in Hanami, the easiest thing to do in the world is to argue limitations. I just can't. I'm too tired. I have this going on. I have that going on. In Hanami, the Yitzhahara, you know, the Yitzhahara is very good at that. And and to be honest, the Yitzhahara very often doesn't really want to get us to sin. Much more than that, right, it wants to convince us that we're irrelevant. Right? That doesn't matter what we do. Who cares if we daven, if we get up to get up to go to learn, if we do this chesed, if we give that staka? No. Person's has to say that the world is created for me and that you are the most important person in this world. You can do something that no one else can. Right? No one else can. And the challenge to us is not to settle. Not to settle. Again, it's it's cliche, but if you need to, right, imagine yourself at the end of your life looking back on the things that you accomplished. What do you have wanted to accomplish? Right? That doesn't work. Right? If when you're, you know, Mr. Shem 120 and looking back, it doesn't work to be like, oh, I wanted this and this. It, it, you need to think about that now. You need to think about what you wanted to have accomplished in your life, and you have to start working on that now. Right? It's, when you're 18, 19, 20, even younger or a little bit, even a little bit older, right? it feels like you've, you know, you have your whole life ahead of you, and you do. You have so much time to accomplish whatever you can accomplish. Right? You don't settle for being average. Hanukkah is the holiday of the Mahajim and Mahajim, and strive. Everybody should try and serve it's a in their small, their own way, right? even in a small way or even in a big way. Right? Try to strive for greatness, right? And that is the, that is the challenge of Hanukkah. Man, Kodesh Baruch will give us the kaoch to be special, to be great, to reach our potential, right? to fulfill our potential, and be zochet to merit seeing the Mashiach and the Gula. Amen. Can you Have a lichtige Hanukkah, everybody.